first thought you, the, the first point you made, which was, I'm afraid that if I tell somebody what's going on on the inside of me, they'll confirm, or is it more like you said, they'll experience me the same way that I feel about myself. So they're gonna look at me as dirty or shameful or broken. Is that, you're saying that, so the fear isn't, they're gonna use it against me as much as they're gonna see me in this film. It could be that too, okay. depending on the person, depending on the way they use it. I'm gonna tell you a story. One of the first times we brought Love After Marriage to another country, uh, we were, first lesson is nothing hidden. Living and I talk about the whole concept of truth from the Bible and, and not hiding. If, if, I'm, if I don't share something with Lori that's important to her and I know it is, I'm not walking in the truth. I haven't lied to her, but I'm not walking in the truth. Just withholding important information to our relationship is not walking in the truth. So I teach the lesson on nothing hidden and talk about why we should take the risk even though it's hard to be truthful in love. And at the end, the pastor said, um, he was translating for us, and he said, he goes, whoa, people here in this country aren't like that. We're private people. We don't share our dirty laundry, that kind of thing. And I said, well, you know what? This is God's idea, not mine. So we'll see what he does. The next morning, a couple, a lady came up, probably, I would guess, maybe around 60 years old, and she said, can I give a testimony? And she said, she stood in front of the group and reminded them of the story about, the teaching about nothing hidden. And she said, last night we went home and we talked about things we'd never, ever discussed in our 31 years of marriage. And she said it was really good. And she said, one of the things I share with my husband was that I was sexually abused as a little girl, as yeah. a young girl. Never shared it. And then this was her testimony. She said, last night we made love. And it was the first time in my life that sex was a beautiful thing. It wasn't shameful. It wasn't wow. dirty. And to 30 me, years. 31 oh, years, yeah. And years. to me, the miracle. Um, but that's the marriage. And it's probably... You know, if sure. she was 60, it could have been 50 years, right. you know, of living with a lie that her body, sexuality is dirty, shameful. And I had to ask myself, what? God, how do I understand that? That confessing now, the thing that was really good is you could see this couple. They were loving. They were tender. They were kind with each other. So they had all of that foundation already established. And um, but I thought of the, the, the verse in Ephesians 4.15 where Paul is talking about growing up and maturing as, as Christians. And he says, speaking the truth in love. And that's actually speaking the truth. It, it, the ver there's a Greek verb to truth. We don't have that in English, but it's truthing or being true in love. Wow. We are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ. So he's saying it's a key to maturing and growing in Christ and becoming Christ-like. We have, it's one of the keys is becoming truthful in love with each other. And, of course, 1 John 1, 7 says, if we are in the light, not in the darkness, so we yeah. don't keep these in, if we are in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And we want relationship and aren't willing to be in the light and truth with each other. We're, we're not going to have the kind of fellowship that God wants us to have. Yes. Yeah. And do you so think good. that, you know, because sometimes I think we've been in atmospheres where, people share and then it's not the right atmosphere and then yeah. they get, it's almost, it gets confirmed, people shut down. Sure. So, you know, I think about lamb and different environments, you really wanna seek out the right person to share these truths, right? So like, I think truth works two ways. We're honest with ourselves first, then we're honest with somebody else. 
But I, a lot of questions we get, because counseling has been very critical in my life, and I've said that. I had postpartum depression three different times and met with a counselor, walked, my, walked through that, and I've always been really open about that with our community. Um, but one of the, and we've had, we've had counseling when we're in crisis and counseling just to have a good checkup and make sure everything's kind of working in the right way. The last time I wrote a book, I met with my counselor every week just because I knew how hard it is to write the book, just being able to get things off my chest, get things solved so I could kind of process things quickly would allow me to have more space to do the things that I needed to do. But I'm curious, one of the biggest questions we have is, how do I find a counselor? And what you guys are saying is, hey, we have an environment that you can come with your spouse and get marriage counseling and intensive, a summit. But what if somebody's at a place where they just need counseling, what would you recommend to somebody? I always, if they can do it, because the Lord actually told him to give up his practice, because healing in community is stronger than healing by itself. Because when you get healed of shame, you know, you're there with your counselor, that's great, but you get healed of shame and there's, you know, six other eyes looking at you, you see in their eyes that they're not condemning you, that they're accepting you, that they love you, that you're beautiful to them. They see all that in an instant. It really can be more powerful than individual counseling, dealing with the shame issue in any group. I love that. I would say I met with a group. It was like we had group counseling where we would meet with six other women and share and cry and all that. So the power of the Mm. community Mm -hmm. is profound. Do you think there are situations in a church environment or other places that people shouldn't be sharing unless it's safe? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, And I think it goes back to the idea of will the person really, how will they respond? What will they bring back to you? Well, do they know God's ways and his truth enough to bring that back and his love back to you? And, and, and that's what you're really looking for. Um, a couple of week, weeks ago, I did a one-day training with a group of therapists from a group down in the Bay Area. And, and it was interesting talking to them because there's a lot of good principles. And, and all but one, one of them was actually an atheist. The others were Christians. And... Um, and it's interesting, I didn't know who was the atheist and ended up being the first one I ended up praying with, <laughs> leading her through a prayer, which, which was cool. She did it. It was good. That's awesome. But, but one of the things, the tendency is, tendencies is to just say, oh, well, that's just like rewriting the narrative or things like or different techniques, psychological techniques. And there's probably a lot of truth in that, in that there's a lot of principles in life. God causes his sun to shine on the righteous and the unrighteous, the sun and, and the rain to fall on both. And so we can use the principles, and that will be good, and that will be good, that will be helpful. But to me, I want to, as a therapist, wherever it's possible, to not only give them principles, but I want them to connect with the Lord and know how to meet Him directly, know how to re- hear the Holy Spirit, know how to receive from Him. And Again, part of, I believe our tools really help people do that. It gives them a structure for them to know how to do that. But to me, I would never want to go back to just using wisdom and um, uh, just good principles. Yeah. So, so back to your question about how do you look for a counselor then? Uh, you want to at least find somebody that has Christian values. And, and, and not, not all Christians give good counsel, you know. <laughs> you might find a, a non-Christian believer who has more, more healthy relational principles than a Christian that possibly, you know, I mean, you, you never know, but you, you, I'd get a referral from somebody that you know yeah. and trust mm-hmm. 
and, uh, and, and I would also say, don't be afraid to use your judgment. When you talk to a person, ask them questions of what you feel, um, you know, it's, let them know what's important to you and listen to what they say when you talk to a therapist yeah. and hear and, and don't feel like you have to stay stuck with somebody. Yeah, 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 I love that. That if the Holy Spirit is living in us, and even as we go to talk to a counselor, the Holy Spirit can affirm to us, this is the right person to share. And I love that reality, like you said, is, you know, I, I could do a lot of things, but without the Holy Spirit, I'm just, I'm, it's not going to be as strong. It's not going to be as clear because he knows what we cannot know. And I do think even as spiritual leaders, we can sometimes want to fill the spot in for the Holy Spirit because it feels good to solve the problem and it feels good to pray the prayer and it feels good to, to sell the book or whatever. But when we connect people with the Holy Spirit, that's really where their life can succeed without us in their life. But there's a sense of, I almost want to say, humility that is required. When, with my kids, you know, sometimes I want to give them the answer. But if I say, you know what, what do you think God would want you to know? Or what do you think, let's just pray in whatever you hear. And I don't want to do that. I want to be like, this is what you should do. Yeah. But I know I'm teaching them a skill that they can use apart from us being together. And that's what you're talking about. Absolutely. That's exactly and what happens in the workshops. People say, I have never heard God this easily for things in my life that I didn't think he cared about. Uh -huh. But it's just that they're being invited in to a relationship and seeing how all-encompassing that relationship can be. Yeah. And so, yeah, so we try to do that, too. I can think of a situation. We heard a story in one of our marriage workshops, which was identical I mean, you wouldn't believe this kid was sitting alone. His, his mom was gone. His family was gone. He's sitting at home alone, terrified. With one, one of them had two knives from the kitchen. One had one knife protecting himself. And we knew, we knew exactly what was going on. We could have said it, but instead we said, Holy Spirit, what was that? And, and both heard exactly the same thing. A spirit of death came to them at that point. This kid said that. And then later on, 12 years later, we were having the same exact experience with another man. Wow. And we, we recognized, oh, that kid, you know, said that was the spirit of death that came to me. And so we were going, we know, you know this one. <laughs> this is the spirit of death. But we didn't say it. Yeah, and so, wow. we, asked. so we really tried yeah, to do that as much as possible. I would say, too, in my counseling, I realized I was, my training was in psychoanalytic therapy, which is kind of like the, it's a, it's a classic Freudian type. You sit there and listen and. He just helped the person gain insight, gain insight, you know, until they get so sick of it they decide to do something. I think. <laughs> and, um, and you know, but there are some really good things about that. And and um, but I found that when I switched from doing more traditional therapy to more spirit-led therapy, my clients would come back initially when I was just doing traditional therapy, saying things like oh, I had this dream about you, and I was thinking about this, and I thought about that, what you said, and this and that, and, and I was looking at the transference between us and counter-transference and all those kinds of things between us. And then when I switched to more um, spiritual and, and directing them to the Holy Spirit, they would come back with, ah, the Lord gave me a dream, wow. or I talked to the Lord about this, and the Lord helped me do this, and it was, became about them and God instead of me and them. And, wow. and, and counseling can become... Uh, it can pretty easily become codependent, mm -hmm. yes. and it, it provides job therapy. <laughs> I mean, not job therapy, security. Job, security. job security, right? It's the therapist because it feels good. Yeah, it can. Like, and just like a minister, me. sure, just it's exactly true. Like Same exact experience. It is. Absolutely. It's just how much can we make it about us, or can we make it about yeah, God? Yeah, you are.
really, it's not just the, hey, this is what you should do. You're actually empowering the married couple or the person to actually give them tools and say, this is how you can, okay, yeah, you experienced maybe a moment of healing, and then this is how you can actually walk that out in your everyday, not like, okay, come back to me next month, necessarily. They might need to, of course. You can give people prescriptions so much easier when they have Holy Spirit. I will do that with people. She's great. She, I said she should be a doctor. Go, she always gives <laughs> okay, prescriptions. Go home and do number one, number two, and number three, and then let me know. And they they didn't even call me back, you know, because they went on and Holy Spirit took them yeah. here and he took them there. And I go, you guys, that's so awesome. But that's what we want is Holy Spirit has the answers for every couple. And that's why we want to get them. I think that's why I always, if I go, if you can come to the workshops, like that would be the best yeah. because it will do in, a sh- in five days what weeks and months and years we've had people say, I've been in counseling all my life and I've never been able to. Yeah. And of course, there's times in lamb too when a couple leaves and they don't get the breakthrough because maybe one wasn't honest or yes. because they're not ready or da, 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 da. And then they may need to go to a counselor and get another jump start so that they could be ready to maybe go to a workshop. But I, and I don't, I don't feel like it's just because it's our workshop, but I've seen the results of what Holy Spirit does in community. And I just feel like it's one of the most powerful things. I think that's why the Bible says, don't forsake your assembling together. And you know, you, you said, well, well, can you share that deeply with just anybody? And you know what? I believe if people are learning this with Holy Spirit, that they can always say, Holy Spirit, show me how much you want me to share and how much you want me to do in this situation here. And when he is in that group with you or that setting, he'll show you if it's safe. He'll show you. Maybe you share something really deep that everybody's going, oh, my gosh. But then there's like a revival because other people are going, well, you shared that. Now I'm going to share this, and I've never told anybody this. And it's just this domino effect. So you just can't go wrong letting Holy Spirit lead you in this. Totally, wow. One, one caveat I'd like to give on that. I always, as an as a individual therapist and, and still in ministry, I reserve the right to evaluate whether a person is hearing from God or not and the right to, to question that. At times, because... If we just accept everything, some people in their brokenness do not hear well from the yeah. Lord, and they hear more of themselves than from God. Mm-hmm. And if we, if we, I mean, we have to be kind about that too, but to be able, and it's hard, but to be able to say something like, how do you know that's God speaking? What would confirm that that represents God's thoughts and attitudes yeah. to you when, when you know, people say something negative about, oh, God just wants me to work a lot harder, and he just right. says, I'm just really, he's not very happy with me, and, and, and not that God can give us correction and all that, but when you, we have to be able to really know, walk with God enough ourselves and know his word enough to know his, his nature and to be able to discern that if a person's hearing or not, so that's one thing I think it's really important. Um, another thing I wanted to say, I don't, I hope this is coming across to our listeners, and that is, if you notice, we're not talking about communication, what men are like, what women are like, Mm -hmm. you know, and 
is what you should do as a husband, what you should do as a wife and stuff. Those are all good things. But Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Yeah. And we try to deal with communication over a broken, wounded, angry, selfish heart, whatever it may be. That's going to keep, keep coming out. Yeah. And so it's why we go for Let's deal with truth and love about you first. Let's get you healed because so, so you're not bringing the stuff. You're, I'm not bringing, I'll do it with me. I'm not bringing my stuff into right. the marriage, which isn't from God. Right. And she isn't. So let's deal with us. And, um, and so that's really what we help people to do. And then once that's taken care of, the communication issues and yeah. relationship, understanding each other has become a lot easier to deal with. And that makes total sense. You're kind of going back to the basics of let's get everything out that needs to be cleaned because we're painting the house, but we're not cleaning the house out. So let's clean that house out so things are fresh and, and new. And then we can add things to it, which are practical communication skills or practical intimacy, things we can do because there are ways to build and be more effective. But you can't be effective. It's almost like I remember... Uh, when I went to my counselor at first and I was diagnosed with depression, postpartum depression, the first thing she asked me to do was go home and get a good night's sleep. So she wouldn't counsel me unless I had three nights of full night's sleep because I wasn't able. She said, if I give you more to do while you're delirious, you're going to feel more shame and you're going to fall deeper into the darkness pit. And so we need to start getting you back to, like, to calibrate you to a normal place. And I think that's what we're doing in the spirit. We're almost calibrating people to a normal place where we start fresh with repentance, back to clean, a purity, so now we can begin to adjust things. But I see a lot of believers, they take on more, and it just creates a cycle of shame because now I'm already broken, I'm already hiding, I'm already feeling afraid someone's going to think of me this way, and now you're giving me more to do, and I'm going to fail more at that, and it just gets us deeper and deeper into a place of, I'm not good at this. I'm tired of feeling like a failure as a believer. I don't want to be a believer anymore. This just, it just confirms how broken I already feel. And I'm tired of faking it. And I think, I think that honesty, it, it also makes us feel human. It's a, we're allowed to be human. And I think there's this kind of reality where we think, well, if Jesus did it all and, I, and I'm a Christian, I should be a, I should be a perfect person now. I, I mean, not that I have to do anything perfect, but everything should just work out. And I think that idea that, you know, the Bible says that we are to work out our salvation. I think that is the partnership of walking and repenting and giving that insight and saying, you know what, I'm going to be honest. I know with Ben and I, being honest has been a process. And I think um, some of it is we don't want to hurt the other person. So we don't want to say it, not because we are selfish or, um, you know, we're, we, we don't want God to know, but we're like, oh, no, if they know this, it's going to hurt them. How much have you seen that with people when they hide things, whether it's infidelity or financial struggles or whatever, that they're trying to be gracious to the other person? Yeah. yeah. We see it. You're asking how much do we yeah, see just it? Yeah, how often is yeah. that part of it? A lot. Well? And, and what it is, we try to be nice on the outside and, and don't deal with the deeper stuff on the inside. It's actually what kind of what Jesus yeah. described as hypocrisy, whitewashed tombs. And, and it isn't godly at all. God desires truth in the innermost being, he says. And that's, that's where we begin in a, in a good, healthy relationship. Yeah. Actually, it reminds yeah, me of, right. if, if, if you look at our videos. I was just thinking that. I didn't <laughs> the conflict resolution. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I'm, this couple, young couple came up to deal with conflict resolution. The conflict is, they, I think they had two dogs. 
and the wife has become pregnant, one of the dogs is jealous and it's peeing and pooping on their pillows. <laughs> and, and, and we're going and it's not going, that, it doesn't go that well. And I think everybody in the room is ready to shout, get, get rid of the dog. <laughs> But, yelling things from the audience. But They're you so know, frustrated. at the end of it, I just made the comment. I said, "You know why this? Why this was so hard for you to find it? To find even come to an agreement?" As I said, you both so badly wanted to please the other person, you couldn't yeah. be honest. Yeah. You couldn't yeah. say what you really yeah. wanted, what you really thought was a good solution, even if it was a hard solution. Yeah. It couldn't go there, and sometimes people mistakenly believe that compassion is always good. Yes. That kind of compassion, yes. I mean, compassion in the sense of never making a person feel bad. Being nice, yeah. always being kind. And glorifying yeah. peace to a point where it's not peace. It's not it's, peace. You're yeah. keeping the peace, you're not a peacemaker, right? Like, I, we, I grew up in a home where one of my parents was very passive, but there was almost a point where there was like, well, we're just gonna be, I'm just gonna be nice and think about the other person, but there wasn't honesty. And so that, then you end up getting a passive aggressive experience because it finally bubbles to the top where they can't say, this doesn't matter to me, but they're not allowed to say, it bothers me. It's and a it's, piece. it's a counterfeit yeah, piece. It really is. So my, my question to you, I know you don't have a lot more time. I want to make sure everyone gets a chance to connect with you guys. So if somebody wanted to, let's say, attend one of your, you know, session summits, how do they do that? How would they go about doing that? They could go to our website, nothinghidden.com. Nothinghidden.com. And right now, we don't have much going on in the United States because sure. everything's shut down, but we are doing our online workshops and we fought doing it forever <laughs> because we go, no, this is a hands-on, this is face-to-face. -face. <laughs> and you know what? I just am so glad to say that the onlines are as powerful as the in-person. So we're doing an online We workshop. did one and it was, it was really surprising. Yeah. 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 I think 37% of marriage, the increase of, of divorce has gone up 37% in America. So what we're saying to you is if quarantine and mm -hmm. being home and loss of job or kids being home have escalated things in your marriage before you call it quits, before you walk away, before you live at a place where your kids have to see mom and dad walk away from each other. We would plead with you to, to lean in and invest. You know, many of us will invest in a whole lot of things, a vacation for thousands of dollars. We'll invest in, you know, clothing or a, a, some kind of digital thing in our house, but we won't invest in the things that keep a happy home. It's not about things, it's about relationships. And so my suggestion is sacrifice, Take make the sacrifice. And if, as you're hosting um, online, you know, I would just stop, stop thinking that if we just do all these other things and when we get back to the regular life and we get back to normal things, it'll all come down. It will not. What have been brought to the surface is real and it, you got to take that seriously. So we would appeal to you and I know you're hosting online events. I know there'll be more as the hunger is out there, but if that's you and you're in a crisis or you know your best friend and her husband are in a crisis or you know your daughter-in-law and your son are in a crisis, please reach out, look at the show notes. We're going to add nothinghidden.com to those notes. Click on that and sign up and invest. Take a risk. You know, nothing has been normal in this whole thing. So don't over, I want to say, 
make, don't idealize. Well, if I could just get on a flight and fly over to that city and do that thing with them and my spouse, don't, this is, we are in a crisis. We're in a triage moment in our generation, in our society. Triage your marriage. Get to somebody that says, you will die if you don't fix this. Let's get this, let's do this together. And Lori and Barry, they are experts. They are experts in marriage. You know, they would, I'm sure they would say you're, they're not experts in everything, but they know how to heal and restore marriages. And they know what works having done that for hundreds and thousands of people. So don't, please don't, don't die. Don't let your marriage die on its own. Reach out, ask for help. This is your personal invitation to say it is worth it. It will work. And what I do love about Lori and Barry is this is international and they have, I mean, I don't know where you are specifically. I know you said Taiwan's a big space. I know Europe. I've met many people that have worked with you in Europe. South Africa. South Africa. Australia. Yeah, lots of people from around the world. So you don't have to do this if you're just a Californian. You can do it in any nation. You can stream um, into a class or a course, and then you can also find somewhere in your continent where there is somebody who's hosting it if you want to go visit someone. My thought is the opportunity the Holy Spirit's given us to triage our lives you cannot ignore that. This is your moment. The reason you have more money because you haven't taken the vacations or purchased the stuff, the reason why your kids, you can see all the problems in your marriage and with your parenting and with your life is not to hurt you and overwhelm you. It's to give you a, the most unique experience to see where your crisis is and to find the help. And we want to help you. I know Lori and Barry do as well. Um, if somebody was to do one thing today, to help their marriage, what would be the one thing you would say to them today? I would um, ask you to take some time, put on some instrumental music, and sit down together as a couple, get a little notebook out, and each of you be ready to write a letter from God through you to your spouse. And don't second guess it. Don't think, oh, this is just me writing it. It's not God. God loves it when we want to hear from him. And it's not you writing about your spouse. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's, God it's writing, from God, God writing through to, you yeah. to your spouse. That's so you're cool. writing a letter yeah. from God to your spouse. And you know, Havla, if I could just add um, two things. One, we've had so many people that have come to Love After Marriage basically saying we're ready to divorce or we never thought we would ever be connected again, or we had just settled for living together as roommates and never really expected intimacy, and God turned that around. So just to give some hope for people out there. But um, the other thing is that people, uh, there are a lot of people who have been hurt financially through this crisis, the COVID thing and all that, and we do offer discounts. If there's legitimate financial need, we offer discounts, and that's available as they, so reg as they register. Yeah. Money yeah. should never be a reason why you can't come. We'll work that out. That's awesome. I love that. I love even what you said, Barry, in the beginning about, like, I think you said it when you were trying to put together the classes, and, and you said we have to do something that is that marriage deserves. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what you guys are doing. I love what you're doing. And just to, yeah, all the listeners, like, Take that as encouragement and even a challenge of like, if you if you haven't really put in what your marriage deserves, like now is the time. So I yeah. love that. You're worthy of that. You're yeah. worthy of a happy marriage. And if nothing else, having a happy, fulfilling marriage is possible. You may not have seen it with your parents. You may not have it around you. But just because you haven't seen it firsthand doesn't mean it's not possible. And we're here as two couples that have fought hard for our relationships 
to say it is possible. It may not look exactly as you thought it would look, but it is possible to be content and, and work it out. And we believe that. So Lori and Barry, thank you for the investment of your time. We love you. And I'm just confident. And if anybody gets connected with you, that they will receive so much more than than they expect. And um, again, check out the, the show notes. All this will be in there as well as we'll add this in a link um, in our in our newsletter. So make sure that if you're looking for this information, we'll get that to you. But most of all, we pray that the Holy Spirit awakens your marriage and that this next season would be your best yet. And all the healing and restoration would come to you because that's what you need and want and desire. So we love you. Lauren Berry, have a great day. We'll see you guys later. Those of you that are listening to this podcast, we will see you next time and uh, let us know in the show notes if you enjoyed this make sure you leave us a comment we read each and every one babe thanks for being a part of this podcast this was amazing I love it yeah thanks again guys for being with us alright we'll see you next time bye bye